Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe and never miss an episode. Following on from Monday's episode where we were looking at how it was easy for people to be courageous when they have nothing to lose. In fact, how we all become heroes when we have nothing to lose. But actually, how do we put ourselves out there? How do we take the risks? How do we challenge ourselves? How do we be brave, bold, courageous when we do have something to lose? If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. It goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today, which is fear. And most importantly, what we're talking about here is what's the antidote to fear? How do we take control of a fear? How do we master fear? How do we continually move forward even in the face of fear? And let's be honest, it's a fearful time right now if you're a small business owner. It might not be terrifying for you. It might just be anxiety that you're feeling. It might be worry. It might just be doubt. These are all versions of the same thing, which are fear. So we have a scale of fear from a mild doubt about something all the way through to complete and utter terror. When I first started off coaching small businesses, I was kind of known as the fear guy, the guy that understood fear, understood how fear perpetrated itself in business owners, in entrepreneurs, and how it went out into people's businesses and then the destructiveness of that fear in terms of not just the entrepreneur and their own well-being, but also the negative impact it would have on the business itself, on their life, on the people around them. And this is because for a big chunk of my life, I have been the person that people have come to with regards to fear in very different guises, I admit, from business owners all the way through to when I was a university lecturer and I was helping university students get the most out of themselves to challenge themselves in their university career. And also going back to when I was doing a lot of personal safety talks in London, I was uh, responsible for going into inner city rejuvenation areas and helping people with physical conflict. And of course, what we were dealing with there a lot is fear. I've worked with doorman bouncers. I've worked with competitive martial artists. So I understood fear from its very physical nature. In other words, the fight, flight or freeze response in the face of a very genuine physical threat. It's what got our species to where we are today. It's what kept us alive for eons and it's what keeps every animal alive today. They all have this inbuilt fear response. The difference between human beings and the rest of the animal kingdom is that we have such a great degree of awareness of our own experiences that we're having that rather than just having chemical reactions inside of us, fear, doubt, anxiety, worry, we also have the cognitive ability to be self-aware of those experiences and that can really pull us down into a spiral. Bottom line, fear is there to keep you safe. It's kept us safe as a species for millions of years in our various guises throughout our evolution. It's what keeps us away from those things that we perceive or have learnt could cause us harm. 
and it's what ultimately stops us from putting ourselves in harm's way and it protects us in advance of being hurt or harmed or running out of fuel, food, shelter, whatever it might be. The fear of missing out, the fear of not having enough, the fear that something's out to get me, the immediate fear that something is trying to hurt me. This fear response is not one that you're going to get away from. You can't just eradicate it. It's inbuilt in our very systems, the foundations of what it is to be a human being, the foundations of what it is to be any animal is based and rooted in fear first and foremost. Before we had any other responses, you know, like what we would like, enjoyment, happiness, fun, before any of that is even remotely important, we must first and foremost stay alive. And what keeps us alive is our ability to remove ourselves from harm's way. And what drives that? It's our fear response. It's a bunch of chemicals, a bunch of hormones that fire off deep in our brain. It fires off throughout our body. And we have a whole host of reactions to that. We basically categorize the reactions as three things. It's the fight, flight, or freeze response. The fight response, well, that's obvious. We are cornered potentially, there's no way out, there's only one way to go and that's through whatever it is that could cause us harm. This could be a literal threat, like a physical threat, like an animal that was going to try and kill us and eat us and we have to take on that fight. It could be our fellow man, it could be going back to our caveman ancestry, you know, someone that was a threat to our food sources, to our ability to reproduce, um, a threat to our own safety and we would go through that person, okay? So the fight response is still about getting away from the threat. It's just that the way to get away from that threat is to go through that threat. Now, it's interesting to understand this, that even the most aggressive animals in the world are not that aggressive. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. So even when we think about things like gorillas or we think about lions or tigers, we think about animals that might be perceived as super aggressive, hyenas, jackals, whatever it might be. The truth of the matter is most animals will get away from a fight if at all possible. So actually, whilst we often refer to this as the fight, flight or freeze response, actually, it's more like the flight, 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 if I can't flight, fight response. So in other words, it's often a last resort for that fight. Now, in people, as it is in animals, sometimes what happens is we condition that fight response and we condition ourselves that our immediate reaction is to go into fight rather than flight. But at a basic level, we are fundamentally driven to flee from any kind of conflict. The reason being that even the winner will come out damaged. Does this make sense? Now that's a direct conflict with another animal, with another human being. But we also have a fight response in terms of, let's say we have to get over a gorge or we have to get over a chasm. And let's say it's very trepidous to get over there. Maybe there's a rope we have to climb over, a rickety bridge. Maybe we have to, you know, balance our way across a very narrow edge or ledge. Now, our fight response there is basically saying, right, there's no way to flee. We can't go back for whatever reason. We can't go back. We have to go forward and the fight digs in, the fight kicks in in order to push us forward. In other words, to still get away from the threat. The threat is I'm going to fall and die. But the way to avoid this is to get to the other side of this. So I fight or tackle the very thing that's creating the risk. Does this make sense? Again, human nature is to avoid that risk at all cost. And the quickest, easiest way of doing that is, if we can, to flight, to get away from it. 
So whilst we all have that fight response in us, typically most of us, we actually are much more likely to run away from a physical threat or a perceived non-physical threat because obviously it's just safer to not be in the proximity of that threat than it is to constantly go out there taking swings at everything because any amount of time until you lose and even if you win, as I've already said, the chances are you're going to come out harmed in some way, in which case it's going to have a negative impact to your ability to survive moving forward. So we will avoid conflict normally at most cost, if not all cost. We will avoid our fears. We will avoid the threat to our safety at pretty much all cost. And therefore, most of us, we have a very enhanced flight response. It's the response that makes us physically run away from a threat, but it's also the one that makes us back down from a threat or cower from a threat. It drives us in our avoidance strategy, so avoiding conflict and argument, difficult circumstances, uncomfortable circumstances. So fundamentally, if we can avoid the threat, then that's better. So what does fear do? Fear gets in the way between us and the threat to push us away from the threat. And the third response is the freeze response. Now, this is pretty useless in today's modern world, but where it comes from is the idea that if you look at a deer in the headlights or a rabbit in the road, for example, you know, that freeze response seems to be and is on the whole the most useless of all of the fight flies freeze responses because of course you're not doing anything you're hoping that whatever it is that's a threat will go away and this is the most disempowering really of all the the, the running away and flighting we can sometimes beat ourselves up with later i always say the rabbit that dives down the the hole into its warren to get away from the fox doesn't go down there and beat itself up for being a coward or weak or for being fragile. It doesn't hate on itself. You know, it doesn't sit there and think what are all the other rabbits thinking. It doesn't sit down there, you know, pondering its decisions and pondering its life and worrying about how it should be stronger and it shouldn't be so fearful. It just goes down its warrior and it has an adrenaline response. It sits down there for an amount of time prescribed by its chemistry. Once the chemistry leaves its body, the fear response leaves its body, it comes back out and carries on with its business. We, however, you know, we flee from something, we run away from something, and then we kind of beat ourselves up. And I keep trying to say to people, you know, this is just a natural human response. You know, in the animal kingdom, we weren't meant to be aware of these responses, let alone question them, let alone beat ourselves up with them. They're just there to keep us safe. And if a particular response when we're faced with fear doesn't get us the result that we want. We want to challenge that and we want to question that and we definitely want to improve ourselves and learn from it and educate ourselves. We want to change our strategy moving forward and try and condition our responses to be different moving forward. But fundamentally, there's no point beating ourselves up because that just destroys self-esteem and the weaker we feel, the more vulnerable we feel in terms of our self-esteem, then the more fearful we're likely to be of life in general, other people, etc. So there's no point beating ourselves up. The truth of the matter is, it's actually really smart to just remove yourself from the presence of a threat. Now, the truth of the matter is, I've already said, this has been designed in us, it's evolved in us over millions of years based on purely physical threat. So either something's going to hurt me, something's going to kill me, or I'm going to run out of something that's going to cause me to be unsafe, or I'm going to not have enough food to get through the next day, or I'm not going to get a mate and I'm not going to be able to reproduce. So these fears in the past were very physical threat-based. Today, however, we're misappropriating them all over the place. You know, we're, we're fearful of judgment. 
And that goes back to our tribal ancestry days where, you know, if, if our tribe judged us harshly because we weren't good enough or judged something we did as not good enough, we were not only a, a risk to ourselves, a threat to ourselves, but actually we were potentially a risk to the tribe. And actually, if our tribe judged us harshly enough, it's possible they would have kicked us out. They would have alienated us from the tribe and therefore we would have perished. That's why still today people really fear that alienation. They fear that you know, upsetting people or they fear that people don't approve of them. It goes right back to our ancestry. Now, in today's modern world, the truth of the matter is whilst it's unpleasant to be alienated, whilst it's not fun upsetting people, it shouldn't be fun upsetting people, the truth of the matter is it doesn't end in our physical death anymore. So we're applying these, you know, these physical threat responses, fear, to non-physical threat scenarios today. And then we have the perception of threat, you know, the perception that I'm not making enough money, even though today I do have enough money. The threat of, I can see that I'm not saving enough for the future, even though I've got enough right now today. That's a perception. You're projecting that threat into the future, but your brain will deal with perceived threats, non-physical threats, and physical threats in exactly the same way, which is either fight it, run from it, or hide from it. Now, the hide response, again, it's the rabbit that dives down the hole and hides from the threat. Hiding in today's world could be hiding from an email from an, uh, a disgruntled client. It could be hiding from a phone call that comes in when you just ignore the call or dump the call. It could be hiding by not getting out of bed on a Monday morning when you know you've got a challenging day ahead of you. Hiding from your finances by not looking at your finances, not tackling these things head on. Hiding from your employees, your staff, your clients, your spouses, your children if they're perceived as some sort of threat to you, if they're just causing you a headache or if they're arguing a lot or your dog, if it's just barking and causing a nuisance, you know, you may hide from these things. You may take yourself off out of the house. Now, this is different to a strategic decision to get away from something to calm down, clear your head or be creative. This is where you are basically having a fear response that you want to either fight something, run away from something, or hide from something in order to keep you safe. And the truth of the matter is, if someone's coming through your door with a machete in their hands, then you definitely want to run away if you at all can. If you can't run away, then maybe hiding in a closet, hiding under the bed, hiding in the garden, hiding in the shed, that might be a smart thing to do. However, let's say, for example, you're hiding in the closet, the machete-wielding lunatic comes in, opens up the closet door, well, you can't run away because you're locked in a closet. Hiding's up. They've found you. You kind of have only one choice, and that's the fight response. And that's why most people tend to only really fight, the same as most animals, when they are either physically cornered or they are perceptually, metaphorically cornered. So if you are physically cornered and something's trying to hurt you and there's no way out apart from through the threat, then you'll probably get a fight response. If you can run away, you'll get a flight response. If the threat doesn't know you're there yet, if you can keep away from it and not draw attention to yourself by running away, for example, then hiding will be the response that you throw out there. Depending on what the threat is, either physical or non-physical, will depend on whether this is the right strategy or the wrong strategy. Now, the truth of the matter is, in business, it's nearly always, I can't think of a time when it wouldn't be, the wrong thing to do. It's rarely the right thing to do to go out on the attack of your clients or go on the attack, you know, in some way in your business, you know, physically go out and attack it or even metaphorically go out and attack it. 
Equally, of course, running away and hiding is really not going to get you any solution at all. Um, hiding, you know, wow, that 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 does nothing for your self-esteem, your ego, and it isn't going to solve the problem by hiding from it. So often what I'll say is, you know, out of all of these options, fighting's the best one. However, it's not always necessarily the right strategy. Now, you'll hear me talk about fight hard all the time. When I talk about fight, I don't mean when I say in business, fight harder. I don't mean that you have to go out there and physically fight because what I'm talking about here is even metaphorically fighting from a fear perspective. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is grit, determination, fortitude. I'm talking about persistence, patience, determination, focused. That's what I'm really talking about, discipline. So I'm not talking about fighting from a fear perspective. I'm talking about that fighting from that grit and that resolve and that fortitude perspective. What we're talking about here today is the fight that's driven from a fear. And the bottom line is really simple. That fear response, which was designed, which was evolved over millions and millions of years, is to protect us from a physical threat scenario. It still protects us from those physical threat scenarios. It's a good thing to have. If someone came running into your house with an axe, it's a really good thing to run away or to hide. And if you had to, it would be a really good thing to have to tackle that person on, okay? As bad as that situation is, the fear response, the fight, flight, or freeze response would serve you well. However, in business and in life generally, in your relationships, in your health, for example, that fear response is not going to serve you. When we look in the world today, there is so much fear. There's so much uncertainty which triggers doubt. And if that doubt gets bigger, it can turn into anxiety, it can turn into worry, and that can turn into fear. And we've had fear pummeled into our heads for the past two, three months with this coronavirus. If it's not coronavirus, it'll be something else. It's the economy that's now kicking off. There's always something out there in the media. There's always something in the world that is the perceived bogeyman. And I always say this about the media. The media aren't there to inform you. They're not there to educate you. They're not there to really give you the news. They're there like any other marketing or PR. They're there to draw attention and nothing draws attention like fear. Because of course, let's go back to what fear is in our animalistic nature. If I'm out in the wilderness and you and I are walking through the forests, we've left our caves to go out and hunt. And of course, you know, we're just looking for food. We're looking for gain. We're looking for sustenance, berries, whatever it might be. And then something catches our attention in the corner of our eye, something that could be a potential threat to us. Maybe something that looks like a snake, a scorpion. Maybe it's a cliff edge, a loud noise, an animal. Maybe it's just, you know, an uh, unfamiliar setting or an unfamiliar set of circumstances. It draws our attention because that's what's meant to happen. Our unconscious gets drawn towards threats because, of course, I keep saying there's no point going out and hunting for food if we're not avoiding the risks that mean we're never going to live long enough to either get the food, let alone eat the food. So, of course, we have a really heightened fear response. And don't think for a second that the media doesn't know this. In fact, anyone that's trying to get you to do something, anyone's trying to manipulate you in some way, will use fear to manipulate you first and foremost, because it's a very, very powerful tool to use against someone who you're trying to get or trying to manipulate them to think how you want them to think or do what you want them to do. And these, you know, the media, the newspapers, uh, certain advertising outlets and big brand marketing, whatever it might be, they play on the fear. They play on that threat because they know it pulls your attention in. And then we become obsessed with that threat because until we deal with that threat, we can't move on in our life. So now we're forced to take certain actions in order to remove ourselves from that threat.
Does this make sense? If you're trying to be manipulated, it's whatever the gain is for the other person, whether it's just eyeballs on a newspaper or whether it's a vote on a ballot box, whatever it might be, okay, if they're trying to manipulate you to take certain action, they will use fear first and foremost against you because if they can trigger a fear response in you, you are easy to manipulate. Does this make sense? Because we are very primitive and basic once we start operating from a fear place. In fact, they've shown that when we're in our most heightened state of fears, we're only operating from the intelligence of about 18 months to about two years or so. So we become children, we become putty in those people's hands. So we want to make sure that we keep on top of our fears. We want to make sure that we manage our fears, that we're aware of our fears. We can't get rid of them. There's no way you can get fear out of your body. And you wouldn't want to, by the way, because it does still keep you safe in today's world. But we're misappropriating it because in our animal kingdom background, Everything was potentially a threat to us. Every moment of every day of our lives, there was something out there that was a major threat to us. So we had to have this really keen sense of fear, this threat response in us in order to survive and then thrive as a species. Today, however, most of our threats are perceived threats. Most of these threats are not genuine threats. They're not real threats. And even if they are real threats, they're not real threats to us. They're perceived threats. As our ability to gather news from around the world, you know, we can see things that are in other countries that are affecting other people. We can see things that might even be affecting people in our own country, but nowhere near us, or maybe affecting large proportions of society and yet still haven't touched us and we still have this major fear response and therefore we ultimately behave in one of these three ways. We fight, we flight or we freeze. And the truth of the matter is, more often than not, the thing that is the threat isn't a real genuine threat to us but it's manipulating us to not do what we need to do in order to move our life forward. So bringing this back to business, you know, if you're scared of the phone or you're scared of your clients or you're scared of selling, you're not going to pick up the phone and do your sales calls. You're not going to go out there networking and meet people and sell your products or your services to those people. And of course, that fear, that threat of rejection or, or feeling like you're imposing on people or just the fear of failure is going to hold you back from doing the very thing that you have to do right now in order to grow your business, which you have to go out there and do your sales. And if you have to do sales on the phone, then being scared of the phone is getting in the way. If you have to do sales, say networking, but you're scared of going into large groups of people and mingling, then that's going to get in the way. If right now we're all in, you know, technology and we're all, you know, online businesses for the time being, if you're scared of technology, you're scared of, you know, Zoom calls or whatever it might be, then again, it's getting in the way of you doing what you need to do. There is no physical threat there. In fact, the physical threat to you, if there is one, is the not doing the thing. If I don't do my sales, I don't make the money. If I don't make the money, I lose my business. If I lose my business, I potentially lose my home. If I lose my home and I lose my security and my safety, then potentially I'm at real risk. Now, you're still not at real genuine physical risk, but obviously it would be a very big price to pay and instead of us being fearful of not doing sales, most people are fearful of doing sales and it's completely upside down. Does this make sense? So just by reframing the fear, getting to the bottom of the fear, looking at what the fear is trying to tell us, how that fear is trying to manipulate us, if it's an external force like media or maybe it's uh, someone else in business or it could be someone else in the world that 
is kind of using fear against you or you feel that potentially you're being manipulated by fear, try and look at what it is they're trying to achieve through your actions. What is it they're trying to get you to do or think or behave like and then start thinking for yourself. Now, it's really hard to continually keep pushing forward and it's really hard to keep taking action when we have that fear response. And one of the big things that I've been involved in over probably the last 20 years is personal empowerment. And I have a little saying, which is empowerment is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of the choice that you have in the face of fear. So in other words, we're not trying to get rid of fear. We just need to acknowledge that we have a choice in our behaviors, a choice in how we act or react in the face of fear. Fear is going to turn on inside you unconsciously. It's going to be the speed of light. The chemistry is going to hit your body. You're not going to be able to say, oh, I'm not going to have fear. I'll just push that to one side. That's really not going to happen. The fear's in your body already. The adrenaline's in there. The hormones are in there. The chemistry set is firing off. What you need to do is have enough presence about you, enough awareness about you to understand that this is just fear. It's just fucking chemicals. I used to have a saying which I used to drill into everyone that came to me when I was helping them with their fears and their anxieties and their worries. And I'd say to them, look, you've got to say to yourself, it's just fucking chemistry. So you're going to feel it. You can't stop it. You can't, you know, it's happening unconscious to you. You can't consciously get involved and stop the fear from happening. You can condition yourself and you can educate yourself long term. And that's exactly what you should do by kind of having a debrief with yourself. Every time you have a fear response in the face of something that you know is good for you or positive for you, but you're having that fear anxiety response that's holding you back or stopping you from doing it, you definitely want to have a debrief with yourself. Once the fear's passed, journal on it, have a coach, whatever it is, you want to debrief and say, right, what the hell was that about? What was the perceived threat? What was I trying to protect myself from? And do the the upside down thinking I've just said, you know, and say, hang on a minute, the, the fear response is trying to keep me safe, but actually it's trying to keep me safe at the expense of even greater levels of risk. So it's trying to protect me from doing a sales call where I might be rejected or fail or might feel like I'm imposing on someone. It might just be a lot of effort or uncomfortable for me. So it's protecting me short term from that threat, but it's costing me long term potentially everything. And you do the education piece there and you can retrain yourself so that you don't continually have the same fear response moving forward, but you can't get rid of the fear response because it's in you. And when it's triggered, it's triggered. What you need to do is have the whereabouts, the mindfulness, the self-awareness. It's just fucking chemicals. It's just been triggered, but that I have a choice in how I react, respond or act or behave right now. Does this make sense? Now, the last thing I want to talk to you is really what I mean by the antidote of fear. And the antidote to fear is not control. Control is the product of fear. So control is your unconscious mind trying to control a situation that has been perceived as a threat. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business entrepreneur, which of course you are if you're listening to this, or at least you're thinking about becoming one, the chances are you are a control freak. Most of us are. That's why we're unemployable by other people and why we make really good business owners and entrepreneurs because we do have this natural instinct to take full responsibility. So in other words, the positive aspects of control. However, there are very much negative aspects of control as well. Controlling behaviors um, are often triggering deep deep, deep levels of anxiety in people because you can't actually control everything. So your desire to control things that are outside of your control gives you anxiety. That anxiety is a direct product of the fact that if I can't control 
everything, then I'm at risk. There's a threat out there. I'm going to get caught. The boogeyman's going to come and get me. So actually, we don't want to go out there and just try and control everything. And if you are a controlling personality, this isn't the same as taking control and uh, or being feeling totally responsible for outcomes and take responsibility. No, this is a controlling personality, right? You know, I'm trying to control everything. I'm trying to control everyone in my environment or just in certain situations. I'm trying to control things that are out of my control. You know, I always say you can influence most things, but there's very few things you can directly control. So what we need to do is we need to understand that we can influence things the best we can. And we should absolutely set our goals to influence the outcomes that we want in life and in business. But we can't 100% control everything. And I would argue that we can't 100% control pretty much anything. So therefore, that control is a bit of an illusion in the first place. So we're really setting ourselves up for a life of anxiety because we're trying to control things we can't control. And if we can't control them, there's a threat. And if there's a threat, I'm going to be worried, have anxieties, or I'm going to be fearful. And that fear is going to drive more controlling. And we're going to end up in this circle of frustration, but also we're going to get trapped in this anxiety control loop. So actually, we need to get out of that whole chemical process altogether. So if taking control or trying to control things and control people is an aspect of fear. We need to get out of that chemistry set. And the one we want to step into is that of trust. Now, trust, I know for some people, is a swear word, right? And I get it. I get it. If you've had your trust broken, if you've learned that you can't trust things, trust yourself, you can't trust people, I get it. Me just saying, oh, well, just trust. Trust in the universe. Trust in yourself. Trust in your fellow man. I get it. It's really difficult. I get that it can cause anxiety in itself. But I promise you, trust is the antidote to fear. If we can trust that we're doing the best we can, if we can trust that we're going to get the right result, and if we can trust that even if we don't succeed or even if we don't get the desired result, that we're still going to be okay, then we're able to remove that fear response, and we're able now to move forward in life. Not only does that improve massively your experience as a human being, but also it enables you and it empowers you to be able to do more of the things you need to do that you are being held back from by your fear response. So I know it's a big ask, but start trusting. This doesn't mean blindly trusting in things. This means developing a deep-rooted trust, a deep-rooted trust in yourself, your own performance, A deep-rooted trust that even when you fail or even when you fail other people, you're still doing the best you can. Trusting that when you do drop the ball, it will be okay. Trusting that if you do let someone down, it's not the end of the world. Trusting that when you do drop the ball, let people down or fail, that you'll do what you need to do in order to make it right. It removes so much of the fear that we have from taking certain actions. Trusting that if I do enough telephone calls, I will get that sale. Trusting that even the people I annoy with these telephone calls, it doesn't actually do anything negative to me. It doesn't have any negative impact to my business. There's no threat to someone not liking me. There's no threat to someone not buying my product. What is a threat is not selling. What is a threat is you not going out and taking the action you need to in order to get the results that you want in life and in your business. That's the threat. So have faith in yourself, trust in yourself, trust 
in those people around you, trust in your staff, trust in your clients, that even when your clients let you down, even when your clients are pissed off with you, even if you let your clients down and then they get pissed off with you, trust that you'll make it right. Trust that even if you can't make it right, it's okay. Trust that you're safe. And I've often said this before, the greatest gift you can give yourself when you're unconscious is the perception of safety. The perception of safety. When we feel at risk, when we feel there's a threat, we have that fear response, that fear response, that anxiety, the worry, the doubt. They are all negative expressions of who we are as human beings. They keep us safe and they have kept us safe for millions of years. But when we misappropriate them, we live in an unfulfilling experience of life. And also it directly manipulates negatively our behaviors in the world around us. So you want to step into that trust. That's not saying you're blinded to the threats. It's not saying you don't do risk assessments on things. That's not saying that you don't ever question your actions or your behaviors. What it's saying is step into a trust that all will be okay. And fundamentally, the highest level of trust of all, which is I am safe. If you can get yourself into that place, if you can develop that degree of trust, you're free. And if you can set yourself free, now you can go out and do all you need to do in the world without the fear of failure, the fear of risk, without the fear of, of judgment, the fear of not being good enough. You can go out there and fully commit yourself to what you need to do in order to get the results that you want for yourself, your family, your loved ones, your clients, the world around you. Step into trust, it's the antidote to fear. Nice one, guys. Thank you, as always, for spending that half an hour with me. As always, I'm completely committed to giving you the best content I possibly can in order to help you level up yourself as a human being, as an entrepreneur, so that you can level up your business, so ultimately you can level up your life. If you are a five-figure business owner and you haven't yet hit 100K in revenue, then don't forget, get yourself on the six-figure fast track. This is my webinar, my masterclass, designed specifically with you, the five-figure service-based business, whether that's 20, 30, 40, 50K that you're doing in revenue right now. But if you want to know what's it going to take to hit 100K in the next 12 months or even less, then get yourself onto the six-figure fast track. The rules of fast track are exactly the same, whether we're in an upward economy, a downward economy, or as I keep saying, whatever the fuck this is we're going through right now. Get yourself on the six-figure fast track. You can find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. I'll drop that link in the descriptions as well. Go and check that out. I will see you on Friday. Until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 